You're listening to the Story Shout Podcast, hosted by Kelsey Jones. We're a weekly podcast dedicated to destigmatizing failure and laughing at our normalcy. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Story Shout. My name is Kelsey Jones, and I am your host for this weekly podcast. And today I'm joined by Keith Good. He works at IBM and he is a marketing buddy of mine. Keith, I don't know when we first met, but it's been a few mm-hmm. years at least. Yeah, we've probably at a conference. Most likely at a conference. Um, I know that I've been on the speaking circuit myself since 2013. So, and I attended conferences before that as well. So I've been going to uh, SEO conferences since 2007, I believe. So, there's a, a chance that we've crossed paths multiple times, and then as speakers, we finally you know got a chance to hang out and and chat. Yes, for sure. And you're always fun, a fun time, whether it's like happy hours or <laughs> oh our party bus <laughs> adventures, which we won't talk about. Like that's that stays party bus time stays. You know, it does in Vegas or wherever we're at. It so. it does. I will say that if you if you ever <laughs> discover a new cocktail that you like, don't discover it. At a conference uh, event, um, because you'll probably drink too mm. much of it at once and not realize how powerful they are. Learned from mm. personal experience. Taste that. <laughs> you know, and and I think my advice is to maybe watch yourself around Casey Marquis, one of our <laughs> other friends, because he, he has always given me booze, and they're like crazy ones, like yeah. or Steve Hammer. Yes, he'll he'll give me things. Things are lighting on fire. Yeah. Things are smoking. I'm. Casey's, I want to go to bed. Casey's like, stay out with us. So, I mean, it's a slippery slope. For it me. is a slippery slope. There are some people that uh, <laughs> that act as the devil on your shoulder uh, at those events. And they right. are wonderful people uh, right. otherwise. <laughs> right, right. And they're still wonderful, even though they're being little devils. They are being so little devils. They're fun time. Exactly. Well, th- those events are a lot of fun, I think, because we are all very much relaxed around each other and we can trust each other. You know, there's mm-hmm. no one there trying to mm-hmm. scam each other. Um, you know, I think everyone is, is very much aware that the, the conference is, is not the place for you to go and try to pick up women, uh, for example. <laughs> so, uh, you just, I, th- I think this is probably the safest and, and best group of people you can be around and have a good time at the same time. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The trust and the friendship just really means a lot, I think, in our industry. Indeed. So, you know, we, we aren't an ind- a marketing industry podcast, even though that's where we met. You know, the focus of this podcast, um, for anyone new, is destigmatizing failure. Hmm. And basically, everybody has things that they're really bad at, and that should be okay. Like, why do we need to fix it necessarily? We have so much other things going on. And so before we met, I asked you, you know, what's something that you want to talk about? And you had a good idea. <laughs> What, yeah, more specifically, what is it that I suck at? And, uh, I tend, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> I, I tend to, uh, you know, I, I, I tend to be self deprecating as it is, um, regardless. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I, and, and I think that actually leads itself to me not being very good at giving myself a break, either in failures, uh, that I do have or in giving myself the credit for the knowledge that I have that may be above and beyond what other people have. And so um, because I haven't reached a level of perfection that I think I need to attain, 
I, I discount what I actually do know and how I can bring something to the table. And, and I think that's a, that's a, I think this is pretty common in our industry. I've known so many people in mm-hmm. our industry who suffer from, you know, imposter syndrome, for example. Right. Exactly. We are all very, very, very smart people. And the fact that we're able to be smart and express ourselves either at a conference, speaking from a panel or in a blog post or even in social media for that matter, uh, speaks volumes about our capabilities. And yet so many of us suffer from imposter syndrome. That it's it, it's pretty. I, I would say it's almost epidemic <laughs> in our industry hmm. uh, because of that. Uh, so that that's a that's obviously a big challenge that I face, and, and this goes back many 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 years into my teens. Uh, I played guitar as a kid and nice. played lead guitar in a couple of bands, and I thought I sucked. I thought I was terrible. I thought I was the worst guitarist. <laughs> On the planet, because I was comparing myself to guitarists like Joe Satriani and Steve Vai mm-hmm. and Ingve Malmsteen. And these are virtuosos, right? These are folks that are just top of the game. And I'm comparing myself to them. And of course I suck compared to them. I'm not, no one's good compared to those guys because they are the best. Right. Um, and, and right, exactly. yeah, I had a, had a very good friend of mine who started reaching out to me uh, a few years back. Uh, that we went to, we went to high school together and I thought he was a fantastic guitarist, but he, he told me, he's like, Keith, you taught me so much as a guitarist. Just, you know, you taught me about triads. You taught me about, you know, scaling all of these other things that, that I hadn't learned before you taught me. And it was, you were a fantastic guitarist. And I thought, man, that's, that is, I had no idea. I had no idea that I was able to teach anybody anything, but here I was. And this guy was, was giving me these great compliments to things that I had about things that I had, had offered him. Uh, back when I was 16 and not so full of myself, which is surprising for a 16 year old because most 16 year olds are definitely yeah. full of themselves. <laughs> oh. And think they know everything. Exactly. The humble guitarist. <laughs> that's what I was. Well, I think one thing that, you know, as you're talking that I think about is, I mean, even you knowing how to play guitar, you're already far above the majority of people because mm-hmm. that's not a common thing anymore to, to know how to play guitar and even do it well and do like full songs or whatever. I mean, I only knew a couple songs and I was in lessons for years. Mm. Um, and so I think putting things into perspective makes it a big difference. Maybe I, you know, I suck at this, but not as bad as, you know, the person, another person that's just starting out. And that's mm-hmm. not to speak poorly on them, but just to say, you know, there's different paths in our journey. And I think you can only be better than, a previous version of yourself, mm-hmm. really. Right. This is the the what well, the Matthew McConaughey approach to self improvement, where you know your your hero should be yourself a year from now and two years from now, and you know. Oh, I like. That. Yeah, and and his hero five years ago was himself today because he wanted to become the person that he admired most, and that kept him moving forward. Uh, there was a you know I mean we can all. Uh, you know, split hairs about how he refers to himself in a third person. But <laughs> aside from that, I think it's an admirable thing to, to say, I want to be the, I want to be my hero today, tomorrow. And, you know, maybe, maybe we can do that little by little. I think that's the way, it, way it is in SEO. I don't know how many people in our industry actually studied SEO in college. I think maybe some of the new folks who are just coming out of, you know, uh, college and, uh, MBA programs had some exposure to to SEO in college. Right. The rest of us, 
I mean, I was a lit major with a history minor, right? Most everyone that I talked to, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of Ben, Ben Jariola. He was a chemist <laughs> and uh, he, he's wow. one of the smartest SEOs I know. So, you know, I think we all start out in this industry and we learn a little bit at a time and we learn a little bit more and we start, you know, our brain synapses start making those connections across multiple different topics. And suddenly we have a realization, an aha moment. And, um, then we can actually, you know, feel comfortable talking about that aha moment. What we don't realize is, is that those little step by step measures that we took to learn what we know in this industry put us light years ahead of someone who's starting out or someone who maybe they, they got into the industry and they've only focused on one piece of the industry for a very short period of time. So I, I think we definitely need to give ourselves credit for that. And we need to, we need to give ourselves a break, a break when we say things that have been wrong too. We should be willing and yeah. there should be freedom for us to say things that are incorrect in this industry without <laughs> being tormented and, you know, have everyone sort of try to, burn us at the stake <laughs> uh, because we are all trying to figure out this black box. That is the Google algorithm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, I think especially in the age of social media, mm. um, it's really hard to fail publicly mm -hmm. because um, you just, like you said, there's so many more critics. Um, <laughs> you know, when I was the managing editor of search engine journal and then now being, the editor-in-chief at Neil Patel's site um, that has a way larger presence and audience in the industry, like just a lot more people know. Mm -hmm. Any little mistake, you're just automatically on Twitter blown up about it. And <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very, I mean, it does kind of teach you to, to let it run off your back a little bit, to be a little more in the public light. Right. And I'm sure you've seen that, you know, speaking or even since you work at a larger company, you know, to know that failure means you're trying, mm -hmm. really. Yeah. I mean, you know, these people that are talking crap about, you know, some some mistakes I made on Search Engine Journal or something I said during a speech. It's like, well, I'm at least out right. here, you know, putting myself out here. And I think that's important to remember, too, is like, at least I'm trying and not that somebody who's you know, spoke a critique of me isn't trying, but a lot of times they are if they don't have useful feedback, if they're just saying something hurtful or something like really brisk that's just saying this is wrong. You know, they're looking for a chance to seem like they know more than you. And it's like, well, maybe you don't because there have been times when I've gotten a troll on Twitter and I've asked for advice or I've said, honestly, like not snarkily, I was snarky in the back of my mind, <laughs> but when I say it, I'm like, well, what would you have done? Right. And they either don't answer mm -hmm. or they backtrack or whatever. And so I think, you know, your point of uh, your whole thing of what you suck at of, of giving yourself a break is like putting things in perspective and thinking, I know more than a lot of people because of the knowledge and the time I've spent in the industry. Mm -hmm. And also I'm out there trying and that really is what matters. Yes. Yes, it really is. And the fact of the matter is, is so many of us that speak in this industry are really giving of our time. Uh, a lot of people assume that we make a lot of money on the speaking circuit, uh, right. that we get paid to speak at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that our hotel is covered, you know, but the fact of the matter is, is, uh, you know, especially me as an in-house person, my mm -hmm. company doesn't pay my way. And uh, certainly the conferences don't pay my way. I, I, I pay my own way. Uh, across the board. And there's a reason for it. I do it 
in, in many ways in order to keep myself relevant should anything ever happen because I've been laid off enough in mm -hmm. my career to know that layoffs are always around the corner. Uh, it doesn't matter how good you are. Right. You never you know. You just never know. And so if you aren't keeping yourself relevant in your industry and you're not doing things that would be quote unquote impressive to an employer, a potential employer, you might be setting yourself back. And so I, I think of these, you know, hotel costs and flight costs as an investment in my career. And the conferences themselves are also an opportunity opportunity for me to share because there were people in the early 2000s who were willingly sharing their knowledge to me when mm -hmm. I was starting out in this industry. And I need to repay that favor as well. I think, I think a lot of people may give certain quote unquote old timers a hard time now because they can, but I, I appreciate them. I appreciate what they did. They may not necessarily be saying the right things now. Uh, they may not even be relevant mm -hmm. now, but I appreciate what they did back in the day to help teach me the skill set that I have uh, now. So, yeah, maybe it's also giving other people a break as well. And your point on social media is is really spot on because it not only gives people an opportunity to, to troll without consequences, it also gives people an right. opportunity, especially quote unquote influencers, to share these unrealistic lives with people. They have these wonderful epiphany moments. They have their meditation on a cliff in somewhere around the <laughs> world. And life life is absolutely perfect for them. And so when you or I are seeing these types of posts across the Internet and we're not there and those aren't our posts, we must think to ourselves, oh, my life must kind of suck right now. Or their life is so much better than mine. And what they're not sharing is, you know, them – standing over a sink with a bowl of cereal, crying over something. Uh, and, and they'll mm -hmm. never post that because they're influencers. No, um, yeah. And uh, so we, we have somewhat of an unrealistic world uh, in social media uh, that sets us up psychologically to believe that we're greater failures than we really are. I agree. And I on YouTube, I see that a lot, too. Mm -hmm. um, I love YouTube. I mean, mm -hmm. I have, you know, people I follow every day. I'm, I'm seeing <laughs> what video can I watch? Because I think... I have a, some form of ADHD. I've had a few people come up to me like that are not related and say they think I have a form of ADHD. So mm. I've been researching that and everything. Anyway, so I like to have a video going if I'm doing a project that's very, um, I don't need to necessarily like know exact numbers or whatever. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's like researching some data or something. Anyway, so, but on YouTube, I see all these people, you know, especially in the ads that play before my videos that are like, I could get you to a million dollars a month in the next 18 months. But the thing is, the way they're making a million dollars is by selling you a course mm -hmm. on how to make a million dollars. They've never actually done it outside of <laughs> posting ads on how to make money. And it just drives me yeah. nuts because I think I'm a little more knowledgeable about it since I'm in marketing and in tech. But those other users who you know, maybe they work an hourly position or they really want to change their life in some way. It makes me so mad that, you know, to see those ads and think of the people that are going to probably be taken advantage of. Them, yes. Or they're going to be taken advantage of by these YouTubers. And then also the videos on YouTube from these influencers, like you said, that are like my 5 a.m. morning routine or my 4 a.m. morning routine. Mm -hmm. And I don't think like this anymore. But in the beginning, I thought, God, if I got up at 5 a.m., think of everything I could do. Right. But then I'm, but then in reality, you know, I have a toddler and, and he does sleep through the night. So it's a lot better than it was when he was young. 
but I'm still like, God, I'm so tired at the end of the day. I deserve to have seven or eight hours of sleep. I am not a morning person. I am not going to make myself wake up at 5 a.m. because that's what some influencer, you know, that it has a perfect body or perfect life, like you said, Mm -hmm. told me that's the solution to all my problems. I mean, just because it is maybe working for them for them and we don't even know because they're like you said they're not telling us the whole picture it doesn't mean it's going to work for me and i'm more of like a night owl where i really get going like right before lunch and then after lunch i'm like totally zoned in i get way more done than i probably would in the morning if i tried to force myself to get up and go against my natural rhythm yeah 100 percent. and and honestly uh i'm not uh, you'll find that i am not a huge fan of hustle culture i am not a fan yeah. of gary v at all. I think that his hustle culture spiel uh, is, is actually counterproductive and potentially destructive. And I'm not saying I'm a millionaire and I certainly am not. And and maybe he has a better sense of how to be successful than, than I do. But I know what works for me. And the hustle culture right. doesn't work for me. And actually, I, as I'm, I, I'm reading, I'm just wrapping up a book that I, I, I've been reading for a while because I read it right before bed. And I'll get mm-hmm. two pages in it and then I'm like, mm, like that. So it's, it's <laughs> yeah. taken me much, <laughs> it's taken me much longer to get through this book than it really should. But, um, it's from a uh, Dr. Matthew Walker. He wrote a book called Why We Sleep. He also has a master class on this. Um, and it is an incredible book talking about the absolute value of sleep and why hustle culture and this idea that, you know, you can, get four hours to five hours of sleep at night and actually be productive is a hundred percent false and actually potentially uh, damaging to your health. I highly recommend this to you and, and your, your listeners because it is a great, great book and it will, it'll basically bring you back down to a level uh, understanding of, of how important sleep is. Why getting, why getting up at 4 AM when you've only gone to bed at, you know, 11 or 12 is actually really bad for you, right? Uh, and, and can cost you health wise in the future. And and also let's be let's be honest. That was the four a.m. that they recorded. They may be sleeping through every other four a.m. But they got yeah. they got up at four a.m. and they're like, hey, I might as well record a video uh, while I'm at it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you know, I know. Don't believe the lies. <laughs> exactly. Well, and sleep deprivation is. I mean, it it really has damaging effects and i i had insomnia for a while it started when i was pregnant and then of course having a kid um i was having a lot of insomnia issues that tied into that like panic attacks at night and all this Mm. stuff and not getting the right type of sleep because i was struggling with that in addition to having a kid a baby Mm. caused i mean mentally i would our kid went to daycare at three months but i would go into my office and i just sit there because i was just Mm. so it was cognitively could not function. I mean, just sit there. And other things happened too, which uh, me and another guest, Danielle, joked about that an episode of one of, of our of my podcast needs to be that I suck at driving. <laughs> because one thing that did happen during my sleep deprivation is I hit an Amazon driver. Oh, no. That was parked in front of our, our house. I hit the car. Oh, you didn't hit him. Not okay. the okay. person. <laughs> right. I hit his little vehicle and I was just, cause I was so out of it cause I couldn't sleep. I was having panic attacks, my insomnia. And so oh, I'm a bad driver besides that. Even I am sleeping <laughs> um, and awake during the day, but I agree with you that it's, I think online has really made it hard for us to figure out what works for us 
because I think a lot of us feel so clueless and we just want someone to tell us what to do. Right. And unfortunately, when it comes to what works best for you um, and actually accomplishing things and, and working towards your goals, it's going to be unique for you. Yeah. And that was something I had in my notes, too. Like going back to what you were saying about how it's hard for you to give yourself a break. Hmm. One thing I've learned is self-care for me is not what like everybody thinks it is or the hustle culture. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like influencers will say, take a bath, light a candle, meditate. That's self-care. For me, I found that because I have some anxiety and maybe it's a sign of ADHD too, it's like clutter just really is I'm always thinking about it in the back of my mind, even if it's not affecting me, like I can't find something, I see it. And so for me, self-care is actually like cleaning up my work area or organizing some files or putting things away in a way so I can always find them. For me, that's self-care because then my brain can almost rest and say, Mm -hmm. okay, I don't have to keep track of where this random piece of paper is. I just know that all my important papers are in this one file, you know, in a safe in our closet. And that's, that's good. So I think thinking about what self-care is for you is really a game changer. At least it was for me. Yes. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, and that's one of the reasons I really like the uh, bullet journaling myself. So if you've ever seen bullet journaling, it's, it's one of the most flexible ways you can organize your life out there. There's no set way to use a, a bullet journal. It's, it's the way that works for you. And I think that's really how maybe most of our life is. I mean, we're, we're 7 billion individuals in this world, right? Um, sure. Right. Some of us follow certain patterns and others follow other patterns and it, maybe we, you can group us. Uh, but when it comes down to it, we are 7 billion individuals and we have to choose what works for us. And so, yeah, hustle culture may work for some people. And I don't want to disparage it 100% for everyone because some people might need that in their lives. I just don't think it works for me and it never would work for me. I don't, I don't think a million dollars is worth it personally. I can't, I can't take it with me when I die. <laughs> right. Um, so. You know, it's just not worth it to me. I, I'm going to enjoy my eight to maybe nine hour a day job. Uh, I'm going to get my eight hours of sleep per night. I'm going to eat my three meals per day. I'm going to work out four to five times per week. And that works for me. And if it works for you, great, do it. If it doesn't, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you got to find what works for you. I will say that, you know, as I've gotten older, and I wish I knew this in my 20s and my teens for that matter, Physical health has become a huge focus for me in my, well, I'll be 50 this year. So weight training, cardio, those types of things have actually become important to me because not because I'm necessarily looking to live longer per se. That's, that's not my goal. My goal is I feel better. I sleep better. My mood is better. Uh, so again, those are things that I really wish I could tell myself in my teens that, you know, maybe I wouldn't be so moody if I was working out right now, Keith, you 16 year old (laughs) pouty boy. (laughs) Oh, alas, if if only we could talk to ourselves, right? I know Um, I was an athlete in high school. I played soccer. I was not good. I was on the C team and, mm -hmm. uh, but we called ourselves junior JV which makes no sense because that's just junior, junior varsity. Um, But (laughs) I was good. I've always been good about working out. But I think, I think, 
you know, as you get older, you think about what other people think of me really doesn't matter. And, and it's, mm. and it's your life. You know, that's one thing that is going around on YouTube that I think they do have it right is a lot of influencers are talking about you're the main character in your own life. And I think that mm -hmm. that's so true. But a part of that, any good main character has flaws. And so, you know, I think being able to be okay with that and, and work with it instead of working against it and trying to change it. Like, like I said before, I'm not a morning person. So instead of making myself yeah. feel guilty for that, I'm just like, okay, well, I'm, I'm not even going to set an alarm. When my kid wakes up, that's when I'm waking up. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm done fighting it. That's what it is. And it's so much less stress than trying to feel, <laughs> than feeling guilty for not having alarm, an alarm or waking up, you know, at six or five thirty or whatever. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I love those mornings, especially on weekends when I can wake up because I'm ready to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> Those That's are the best. Thing. Yeah. Uh, and what's funny is, is it's usually 15 to 20 minutes after I would normally wake up. And it almost tells me that I maybe I need to go to bed 15 to 20 minutes earlier. So I don't need an mm -hmm. alarm clock uh, per se, but uh, it is pretty funny on, on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I'll wake up at seven twenty. I wake up at, you know, seven o'clock on, on Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, um, though at seven twenty, maybe seven thirty at the latest, uh, and I automatically open my eyes. So, who knows? Who knows? Yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be stabbing around in the dark as humans, uh, trying to figure ourselves out until we die. I'm sure. Yeah, maybe that's the meaning of life: is you need to figure out, figure yourself out, but then you die by the time that happens. Exactly. So, yeah, <laughs> not wasted effort at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I know we 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 did talk about what you would tell your younger self, but if if somebody if you were talking to someone else and they said, "I really suck at giving myself a break." What would you tell them? Um, I would say you're probably right. I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> I, I I would, you know, if I was not me talking to me, I would say, you know, be realistic. Not only of your expectations of yourself, but also what you feel like you can accomplish anyway. You mm -hmm. know, I think it's good to set goals. I think it's better to set realistic goals. And I think sometimes our goals are beyond realistic. People call those stretch goals, but then we, we begin to assume that because we didn't meet those stretch goals that they, you know, that we suck, not that they weren't realistic. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> um, a good point. Yeah. Uh, so I, I would say be realistic more than anything, set realistic goals for yourself. If you want to set a stretch goal, do that after you've set, you, you've hit those realistic goals on a consistent basis and you can go, all right, well, I've met my realistic goals. Let me stretch it out a little bit and see how far I can take it. And don't beat yourself up when, when you can't do it. There is a limit and we aren't machines, you know, right. as much as we want to believe that we're computers and that we're machines. We are human. Uh, we are, you know, our bodies are fighting off disease every single day. They're fighting off the elements. Mm -hmm. We're, our, our brain, uh, our brain, even though it, it really is, uh, it's an amazing uh, organ that only, I think it, it, it uh, was it a 40 watt. Uh, so basically the same power that it would take to power a bulb is what it takes to power our brain. So that's amazing in and of itself, but it's still burning yeah. all day long. Um, right. So 
you know, despite everything that we want to accomplish in life, our bodies are, are ta- you know, taking on lots of challenges on a daily basis anyway. So if your body is saying, give me a break, give it a break. I think one of the best things to come out of the pandemic has been this, this whole work from home culture uh, that yeah. has sprung up as a result of it, because I think it finally put people in a position to be able to have a balance in their lives that they weren't able to have before because they were spending two hours in their commute minimum every day and then having to fit a life in outside of all of that. So, you know, it's certainly been good for me because I've been able to really uh, not worry about you know, getting dressed in a certain way and getting, you know, showered by a certain time so I can be in the office and be angry because I hate traffic. <laughs> you I may know, be a bad same. driver. You, you may be a bad driver, but I hate traffic. So I guess maybe I'm a bad driver too, but um, it just makes me angry. So it's so funny me walking into the office back in the before time. Uh, I know I had a scowl on my face almost every day that I walked in because I was just so revved up from traffic. Right. Um, so I, I like where we are now. And I also like the fact that companies have had to learn the hard way. Maybe you don't need to p- have people in the office. I know. Maybe I know. what you think you thought you needed isn't what you, what you really needed. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it's a nice humbling experience for companies as well. Yeah. And I think just because someone's in the office doesn't mean they're actually working. I mean, no, I've definitely I, had jobs early in my career where like Fridays. I didn't do anything. I mean, forget I really about didn't. it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I'm, I consider myself to be a curmudgeon and that's only because <laughs> like, you know, it's not that I hate everyone. It's just that sometimes I'd just rather be alone. <laughs> and, um, but the, the real fact of the matter is, is when I'm in an office, I'm actually quite gre- gregarious. I'm the furthest thing mm-hmm. from a curmudgeon. I'm the worst curmudgeon there ever was in, in the world because <laughs> I'm actually quite gregarious. Um, the problem with that is, is that when I'm in the office, it means people are stopping by my, my desk all day long. Oh, it, you're too it means, nice. Yeah. It means that you're when I, nice. when I walk to the break room to go get, you know, some water, I'm stopped five or six times on the way to talk to people. So, yeah, being in the office is not a productive place for me, unless you consider socializing productive. That can be <laughs> beneficial. I mean, sure. But probably not in the way you're saying it, but yeah. It's, it's not what it. I get paid for. <laughs> right, exactly. It kind of you're it kind of backfired. You're too nice and now it's come back to bite you. That's what happens when you're nice to people. Ugh, this is <laughs> terrible. Why can't I be a mean curmudgeon? I know. You got to work on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me. I feel like we had a really good combo and a lot to learn. And I will definitely look up that book you talked about and mention it in the show notes as well. Yeah, doc, Dr. Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. Highly recommend that. I haven't taken his master class yet, yet but I have heard really good things about it. It also turns out he was the one of the advisors for this little thing that I'm wearing here. This is the Aura Ring. It's a wearable oh, I've heard device. Of that. Yeah, and it tracks your sleep at night. And I've, I've, I've got the Halo. I've tried the Fitbit. I've tried any number of other wearables to track my sleep at night, and none of them are nearly as good as this ring is. And it, I didn't, I didn't even realize it. I had started reading the book. I got the Aura Ring. I didn't realize the two were even connected at all. But he, he's on the advisory board for Aura Ring, and uh, it, it's, it's kind of crazy um, how that sort of played out. So. I need to do like a seminar on sleep because I've learned so much about sleep in the past year. Uh, it's, it's incredible, but yeah, definitely check it out. Yeah, I highly recommend it. 
Okay, I will for sure. And I, I've looked up the Aura Ring, but I obviously haven't gotten one. I have an Apple Watch and I had a Fitbit before that. And mm. I tried the Halo, but it stopped, it stopped working. I still use the app to do mm. um, like med- the body measuring because that is really accurate. I had that done professionally and the results were the same as the Halo app. So that's cool, mm. but um, I'll look at that ring again. So yeah, yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, I'm sure we'll cross paths soon. And and if anybody listening wants to reach out to you or learn more about you, where would be a good place to do that? Um, at Twitter, uh, check me out uh, at Keith Good, K E I T H G O O D E. Um, you can also catch me at PubCon Florida and uh, Deep SEO Con uh, coming up in August and September. I'm hoping to be in more conferences because, as just like you, I want to travel more now that I have my two shots. <laughs> I know. I'm like, who, who wants to invite me somewhere? Let's go. You know? So yeah, I get it. All right. Well, thank you so much. And you know, as far as everyone listening, if you want to give us a like and subscribe on all our channels, we're story shout everywhere, all that jazz, we really appreciate it. And until next time, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Story Shout Podcast. Don't forget to review us on iTunes and connect with us on social media at Story Shout or online at storyshout.co. Until next time, stay normal.